Hi, this is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. I'm Dr. Amory Liebel. A healthcare administrator was talking with me about digital health tools. They're everywhere, he acknowledged, pointing to several apps on his own smartphone. But he knew sometimes they weren't all they'd cracked up to be. And this often fell at the foot of the provider. Of course, providers usually aren't the developers or administrators of digital health tools. Yet, as he explained, from a patient perspective, quote, I don't see the practice administrator. I see you, doctor. And when we can't communicate through your app, I see it as your problem. I tell you. Don't tell me, oh, it's not my thing. It's the IT people. It's our office manager, etc. End quote. As a provider, you don't design these things. So what do you do in situations like this? Listen in for three steps to being proactive about the digital health tools offered in your organization. Welcome to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication with Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Providing you with tips and strategies you can use to improve your patient engagement. Americans appreciate and use digital health tools. A recent industry report finds that 87% of Americans used at least one digital health tool in 2017. This is an upward trend from 80% two years earlier. The most commonly used, according to this report, was online health information. And health systems are paying attention. It's hard these days to find a practice situation without its own website, social media presence, and text message reminders. Another industry report cites that 66% of the largest hospital systems in the U.S. make their own apps. It's easy to understand the allure both for patients and for providers. Makers of digital health tools say they'll provide personalized support and tailored interventions to improve patient health outcomes. There are different tools, for instance, for the time before, during, and after the clinical encounter. Digital health tools are being used globally as well, reaching people who are in remote geographic areas. They're also part of strategies to impact non-communicable disease prevention and control. Even from the health literacy and patient education side of things, digital health tools are attractive. Digital health tools are very often multimodal, which is great for patient learning. Often, engaging patients takes the form of providing information through a digital health tool. Again, the most commonly used digital health tool is online health information. That is to say, nearly 90% of Americans are using digital tools like their computers and mobile devices to view health information online. Here's the problem. Most of the health information and patient education out there, provided in any format, including digital, is still being written in a way that is inaccessible to most Americans. For instance, internet-based consumer health information 
is written at a level that exceeds the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services recommendations. As many as 9 in 10 Americans can struggle with complex health information. And 24 million Americans are not proficient in English, the language used in most digital health tools. Simply adjusting the reading levels of health information does not make the material any more accessible, as the CDC points out in its Clear Communication Index. When organizations attempt to solve the problem of inaccessible health information by using shorter sentences or shorter words, quote, they don't consider audience, purpose, or the majority of communication characteristics that contribute to clarity and comprehension, end quote. As more and more health systems incorporate non-clinical data in patient care plans, it is more important than ever to take into account all patients' values, beliefs, and actions, including patients from diverse cultural and linguistic backgrounds. One mobile health industry newsletter cites a 2016 Commonwealth Fund data brief on the usability of apps. Researchers there found that, quote, most mobile health apps have low design quality, end quote. This further compromises the value of such digital health tools. As pointed out by the then Institute of Medicine in 2014, quote, the benefit to users and ultimately the effect on health outcomes are diminished when apps are not designed for users of all health literacy levels. If mobile apps are poorly designed, they may contribute to the challenges most users face in trying to understand and act on health information, end quote. This seems hard to believe, right? Knowing as much as we do about what makes for good health information and good user design. There are theories as to why it's still happening, such as this one from Dr. Brendan Spiegel, the Director of Health Services Research at the Cedars-Sinai Health System. And this is from the April 1st, 2018 issue of Fortune magazine, which was titled Big Data Meets Biology. Dr. Spiegel said, quote, There are way too many people in Silicon Valley echo chamber who have never touched hands on a patient and don't understand how hard digital health is, end quote. Now, I'm not sure the answer is to have developers touch hands on a patient any more than it is for providers to design the digital health tools, but something's clearly being lost somewhere in the process from idea to reality. But don't lose heart. I promised you three steps you could take to be proactive about the digital health tools used in your organization, because attending to the quality and nature of health information, like that provided through digital health tools, is one means of supporting your patient's autonomous health decisions. So when your organization is considering offering a digital health tool to patients, here are some questions to ask about the tool. Number one, what is the purpose of this digital tool for the patient? Some purposes include to find information, to be reminded of something, to share information, to comparison shop, to track their own data, to journal, 
or to locate providers. Number two, how easy does this tool make it for patients to achieve this purpose? In other words, what does this tool assume that all patients know and can do in order for them to achieve the purpose? Here's where that health information likely comes in, too. What do patients have to know about their condition in order to proceed through the pages of the app or the site? What wording and images are being used to communicate relevant health information? And number three, how can this process be made easier? What obstacles can be removed? This is one way to use that patient feedback, right? Those complaints you might receive, like the administrator talked about at the start, here's where they're valuable. Overall, this is about the kinds of assumptions organizations are making about their patients. Assumptions about what people want digital tools to do. Assumptions about what patients themselves know and can do in order to facilitate successful use of the tools, and assumptions about people's medical, scientific, organizational, and technical knowledge. Now, these are assumptions about all patients, not just the average patient. This is especially relevant with the rise in the importance of culturally tailored interventions and tools. Now, if you're ready to improve the health information in your digital health tools, call me. I have the resources available to help you create or modify your health information content with the health literacy of all users in mind. It's a framework that lets you meet or exceed recommendations from federal agencies, so you know you're producing health information that engages all patients. If you're ready to get started, contact me at healthcommunicationpartners.com. This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication, and I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. Find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.